1: And for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Of the running themes of this podcast... Anarcho-socialism, uh, amateur economics, um, Russia's sponsorship mm-hmm, pursuits. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is the idea that I don't do any work and you do all the work.
0: I mean, you bring that one up, and I don't think that's necessarily true. But yes,
1: go Uh ahead. it's it's not a million miles away from the mark.
0: It's not false.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's it's a greyish area, but it's pretty not grey.
1: So, one of the t- things on the to-do list for Spooko, Yeah. Right is to assemble a Songs of Spooko Spotify playlist, and so I was going to come in today and be like, "Where's the fucking playlist?" And then I was like, "Oh no, did I agree that I would do the playlist? Because I have absolutely no idea what's going on, and I do zero work for this playlist." So, Shay, was that was that my job, or I left you in the lurch?
0: I think it was my job, and I do need to do it. But
1: okay, get onto it.
0: As a busy dad. (laughs) With multiple uh, responsibilities, including uh, recording... Anarcho-socialism. Uh, anarcho-socialism
1: <laughs> and editing and releasing this podcast. Doing all the work. Doing all the work on this podcast. podcast.
0: Sometimes things slip my mind.
1: Don't let this one, this would be so fun, because um, my son and your godson has a submission for it. Um, it's, it's... I
0: thought it's, you said we couldn't submit songs
1: to this Okay
0: Well, no, you go, you go I get it I'll I'll make an allowance for my godson Thank you
1: Um, The difficulty though is Because I have zero contact with pop culture Which is something we learned before When we found I didn't know any celebrities Yeah I don't know if this is a sick, interesting new song Or if it's fucking played out and corny So I have to submit it to you to see whether it makes the spooko So I think if it's played out and corny We probably can't have it Because on our previous podcast, Fussy Eater We compared Stormzy to Ed Sheeran and one of them is meant yeah. to be like yeah Stormzy it's 2016 no one said of Stormzy this is sick <laughs> and like played out old Ed Sheeran and now basically they're the same artist so, <laughs> so <laughs>
0: that is, how did they become the same artist yeah, It's so
1: weird it's bizarre like Stormzy's on the Shape of You remix yeah. it's like yeah here's my Stormzy verse and I'm
0: pretty sure Ed Sheeran's on the Stormzy album anyway <laughs> so there you go
1: He's, um uh, whatever, eldest royal son's favourite rapper. He's like, yes, my favourite rapper Stormzy. And it's like, well, okay, cool. We've all fallen off the... Like, nothing means anything anymore. And, <laughs> and you know, we've just fallen down a rabbit hole. Cool, yeah, I'm with you. So, um, your God, your, golden ch- your platinum child um, submission is this one that I'll try to conjure up because it's now on all my Spotify playlists because he's figured out how to use my phone and put it on there. Amazing. And it goes like... Lately, sometimes, I've been thinking, I want you to be happier, I want you to be happier. And we're sitting in a cafe now, and there's super pedestrian music of that, like, 2005 ilk of, like, hey, this is sort of samply hip-hop, but super approachable. Basically, RJD2, or, like, some French DJ, who's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but
0: then a year later, <laughs> you would get... Always very white women yep. over a beat like this with an acoustic guitar and a song about like body positivity
1: <laughs> basically it's like we heard the first Avalanches album <laughs> we liked it so here's our take
0: but then we read Mamma Mia and we put the two things together
1: <laughs> so Shag can I chase you or can you chase me about making a Spooko playlist and seeing whether lately sometimes I've been thinking I want you to be happier fits on it
0: by the time this episode comes out, yep. even though this is already. Right I'll out have on to do some serious editing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be it'll exist. What will it be called?
0: Uh, songs, songs of, of Spook-o? Spooko. I think so. Yeah, okay. It'd be interesting to see what it's actually called, but I assume that's what that's it's That's a good be bar. Called. That's a good bar. Or like Spooko Songs. Maybe Spooko Songs is better. Is it
1: misleading? Maybe, back to, back maybe, to your class maybe we could,
0: you know, because Spanish music's so big at the moment. We could we? We could be like canciones de espuco, <laughs> although, although maybe in Spanish it's espuco, so it's like canciones de espoco.
1: You know, I just pretend to like Bad Bunny because I'm aware that it's cool.
0: <laughs> Bad Bunny's good.
1: Oh yeah, no, I know that. I just have never heard any Bad Bunny songs. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, do you know who's cool? Bad Bunny. <laughs>
0: That's to be fun. fair, if you've heard a reggaeton, reggaeton beat, <laughs> and you've heard like chords going together, and you've heard Spanish speaking, and you've heard people singing, put all of those things together in yeah. your mind, like, yes. get your mind to put like use memory to yep. combine all those things into one memory that you remember is real, that's what Bad Bunny sounds like. So love in years it. from my time, you'll be thinking, but you'll be like, I love this song, <laughs> and it won't be that far off. Anyway, okay, so... Today, we're doing a suggestion uh, from a dude called Ted. Big yeah. ups, Ted. What up,
1: Ted? Uh, if you do have suggestions for films, we need do to I Do I know Ted interpersonally?
0: Like, maybe. I don't know. I don't know Ted. Cool. So, Ted, you're awesome. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Tell your fucking friends <laughs> to follow our Instagram page.
0: <laughs> but this, yes. I think this is a really good one. Yep. So... It's based on a folklore or an urban legend. Yeah. And I think this is super cool. So I read I read this uh, I read in a
1: in an article about this film. Do we play the preview now or well, hang on a you...
0: No, no, I'm just going to give you like a little bit of a, a yeah, okay. there's, there's before I haven't even I know you know what it's going to be cuz yeah. I said last time. But Ted,
1: let Ted, Ted me. Let's,
0: let's build up to it. So yeah. it's based on an urban legend. Mm. And I read this really good quote about urban legends and why they're super spooky. Yep. In an article about this film that said urban or folklore legends get their power from their imperfect believability and our wild imagination. They're too awful to be real, but what if they were? Oh, that's fun. Which is good, right? That's really and fun. And it's, it's that thing we talked about before with the Blair Witch. It's like, you know it's not real, but it's like, the what, what if the Blair it It's like, you know when they said all the creators of it have disappeared and that's why they can't be at the Cannes Film Festival that was all marketing but what if it's not marketing even though you know the company that did it and have like a case study on their website being like this is a triumph of marketing you're like mm, yeah but what if Maybe. that's all retconning so peach i just want to and i'm gonna do i'm gonna film you while this happens so today we're doing candy man yep. not jordan peele's one because it hasn't come out yet um but oh, the 1991 we have heard about this it's, it's 1992 we're doing the original one and it's based on the idea that if you say the words Candyman five times, he appears with a rusty hook in place of his hand and kills you. And there's also bees there as well. Uh, because you're a super tough guy, but also a pretty spook guy, I just want to film you saying Candyman five times, all right?
1: Do I say it into the phone or do I say it into a reflection? Can
0: you say it into the phone because it kind of counts as saying into the thing. Okay. So are you, uh,
1: Is it just Candyman?
0: You just say, and you just have to say Candyman. You have to just, just don't let them run into each other. Just say Candyman five times.
1: Candyman, 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 man. <laughs> Candy candyman, candyman.
0: And nothing's happened. Okay, cool. So.
1: Salmon name, salmon name.
0: But it's kind of cool to know that, like, okay, before we do this film, we've done that. Yeah. Although he doesn't always appear straight away. Oh, shit. <laughs>
1: I was looking for my reflection in the camera on your phone. I'm
0: like,
1: oh, no. shit. Maybe this counts as a mirror.
0: And I know sometimes you do like to work like late at night when no one else is in the office. Perfect time for Candyman uh, to show like, up. I'm,
1: fun, I'm having fun being jaunty in the morning with the like boring hip-hop from 15 years ago buzzing away in the background and a bit of daylight and some greenery. <laughs> and nothing feels very spooky at the moment.
0: So, the thing about, the thing about Candyman is... And, Before we go into it, uh, we should acknowledge that, you know, we have, for some some reason, we've turned this uh, podcast into a slightly anarcho- Anarcho (laughs) Anarcho-socialist podcast. What's interesting about Candyman is that it was based on one of your best mates, Clive Barker's early stories- Oh,
1: not Clive.
0: About- Class disparity in England. It was then taken by an American. This is Bloody
1: Mary. This is what it was. Well, it was
0: it's 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 that, but it's also the original story was based on sort of class disparity in a housing estate in I think Leeds, and it was then taken by an American director for '92 for their version to reset in Chicago and about sort of the lingering effects of you know racism on social disparity and class in inner city Chicago. Yes, and you know how that manifests in things like wealth inequality, but also gentrification as well i don't know if that's going to come out in a wikipedia synopsis i just wanted to acknowledge before we go into this that this isn't just a fun jokey horror film although it absolutely is that because it has a bad guy who has a hook but also bees (laughs) which aren't scary like even we've talked about how you can turn things that aren't scary scary and i'm sorry if you have a bee allergy and you're like well fuck (laughs) they're the scariest thing in the world for me and i get that but for everybody else in the world Bees just can't
1: be scared. So let's eat the rich, regardless of whether they're bees or not. Let's do it.
0: Have you ever heard of Candyman? And if you look in the mirror, you say his name five times. Candyman. It's just a story.
1: Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. (laughs) Candyman. Lately, sometimes I've been thinking, I want you to be happier. So I think Peach is in a really jaunty mood yeah, because man. today,
0: uh, well, I mean, obviously it's the same night. Yep. Sorry, tonight. <laughs> but we've yep. escaped the studio for a second to yep. go into a uh, hilariously decorated inner city cafe where I feel like we're sitting in a CBD. CBD. Sorry, CBD. We're sitting in a, like, every booth is its own separate little gizzy. it's really strange Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a bizarre place it's a cool vibe uh, it's
1: funded by uh, an investment bank that I'm not friends with so I don't particularly care <laughs> but, but but it works as well
0: but you're also in a jaunty vibe because it, you know in the space between this episode because
1: obviously these episodes because I know we. can we live... put expatriate a song from the spaces between album well you need to sing it well you need to sing it for. Well, which one like a blackbird something thing (laughs) the sky what is it like (laughs) in the aeroplanes in the thing and back again (laughs) I think that's it (laughs) that's definitely it um (laughs) so so any song I sing gets on the playlist sorry is that the
0: maybe it only has to be mentioned yeah and it's been mentioned now so it goes sick
1: So, gets Weapon of Choice is on there as well. So that's going to be sick. <laughs> there's
0: so much Spitznicket. It's mainly Spitznicket. Although you pretty much only ever sing the one Spitznicket song. Which no, is...
1: we- Weapon of Choice and Emperor's New Flow. Emperor's New Flow. Sorry, yeah, the two. And Fresh Breath music. And Fresh breath, breath. Yeah, okay, so there's three. <laughs> <laughs> so, Candyman, I just watched the trailer. So, Pete's just watched the trailer. The cast was insane. Did I recognise everyone, none of whom's names I can remember? Yes, but it is one
0: of those things where, you know, it was 1992, so they did have money to make films, um, but I'll tell you who they are, it's uh, Virginia Madsen, Tony Todd, Xander Berkeley, and Cassie Lemons, all of your faves. Classic! They finally
1: <laughs> got the game back together. <laughs>
0: Music by Philip Glass. Which is, actually, is he
1: the one who did the, like, four-minute silence song? Was yeah. That, mm, gotcha. Yeah, which, I, which,
0: yeah. And I hate memes about it, too, because it's like, we get it. Like, you know one reference in <laughs> pop culture. Uh, written and directed by a guy called Bernard Rose, who, uh, who specifically uh, spoke to Clyde Barker to get permission to do this when they worked on Nightbreed, a Clive Barker film from 1990,
1: which we might eventually do. FYI, John Blogsy, uh, no copyrighted an idea. Yeah. You could have just gone ahead and done it. Oh, really? Oh, uh, sword of. But the
0: expression of an idea, like if I...
1: Yeah, so you, exactly what you said is right. Yeah. So I go, hey, I'm going to have intergalactic father-son, dad wears black and has a light sword, son wears white and has a light sword. It's going to be really, really boring, but like it's <laughs> going to become iconic. That's an idea. You can do that. I can do that. And that's fine. The expression of that idea, exactly as you say... Is I can't say itself. my
0: film is set in the Star Wars universe. Oh, certainly can't like, say that. Yeah.
1: That's a that's that's passing off, but similar shots and similar fonts and, and that okay. kind of thing. All
0: right, anyway, so Candyman <laughs> talking
1: it's, about Star Wars being boring has become a weird subtext to this podcast, but so. it
0: is the first one and it's no shame. all very boring, aren't yeah. They? The first one and not the as in the fourth one in the yeah, series, I guess the 1977 one, one, yep. Nothing happens for the first half hour. It is sorry, not even the sorry. Nothing happens for the first half of the film. It sucks so much. (laughs) And then he's like this weird teenager who wants to go... Anyway, sorry. It doesn't matter. It sucks. Um, Okay, so Candyman, 1992. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm amped. Helen Lyle, a Chicago semiotics graduate student researching urban legends. Okay, let's pause here for a second because in 1992... That would have been a ridiculous career choice. Everyone would have been like, you are wasting your time. Why aren't you opening a DVD store or (laughs) becoming a camera repairman, (laughs) right? No, but I genuinely think... But now, if you chose to study, like, semiotics and urban legends, businesses would employ you to write their, like, you know, campaign... No, that's
1: because you're peculiarly switched on and creative in this. Like, I don't want to give you a a proper grown-up answer, but you are unusually intelligent and switched on in this area and you're unusually (laughs) juiced into how this could work like i did essentially semiotics like contemporary history at uni in 2002 about beer i believe about beer but there was one we did on um uh black culture in the u.s and it was like this week we're talking about old school versus new school rap and there was like a 1992 essay about snoop Dogg, and i was like that's right (laughs) i'm writing about snoop (laughs) and I did not get a job writing that <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah but that's what I mean because this happened again remember we were in uni at the start
1: of this millennium which is insane yeah so it's ages ago we're old as fuck. so if
0: you did that now it'd be sick anyway yeah. look I digress Helen Lyle who's this Chicago Semiotics graduate mm. studying urban legend here's a local story about the Candy Man. The legend claims that the Candyman could be summoned by saying his name five times while facing a mirror. Okay. Which I've never done. No right. Well, you oh. didn't face a mirror. That's why it didn't work. Sick. So we need to find a mirror and do that again. Are we can do it again. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh. Um, so, when, so when you do this, five times facing a mirror, he kills the summoner with a hook jammed on the bloody stump of his right arm. It oh. doesn't say anything about the bees yet, but bees are a part of it. Sick. She encounters two cleaning ladies who tell her about Ruthie Jean a resident in the notorious Cabrini housing project, who they claim was killed by the Candyman. Now, one of the ba-
1: I, I, I lived it... in a house called Cabrini House. You for six did, months. that's and really. And you came and stayed with I me. I did.
0: I did. That is really weird. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Also, candyman, I'm, candyman, I'm doing candyman. this weird thing at the moment where. I don't know how to pronounce things so for some reason and I'm sorry if I do this during this podcast specifically
1: you always had problems with I've
0: always had problems with this so for example at work you know in the marketing world we have mm. things we have briefs yep and then
1: as in the legal world so,
0: so you get a brief and then when you know it goes back to the client and then comes back to you you get a debrief yep. So, for some reason, I've started pronouncing it as debris. (laughs) And I don't know why. And I think I'm going to do this in this podcast as well. I'm going to call it the Candyman. I don't know why. So, I'm sorry if I do, but I might call him Candyman. Ah, it's shit. So, there's a resident in the notorious Cabrini housing project. Now, again, not.
1: uh, It's not us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it might not be mentioned in this podcast. But a big part of this film is the stigma around housing projects and, you know, how that reflects the class system in inner cities. Um, Helen researches the case and learns of 25 murders similar to that of Ricky Jeans. Now, I want to stop here as well and go, what's going on with the police when they're... like, Like, I get that a lot of people overlook murders, but 25 similar murders of a guy with a hook even I feel like a that's a comment area. about
1: race. I feel like that's a, uh, that's okay. another comment about race of yeah. like we don't we don't care for our yeah, our, good our excluded right. communities.
0: Good point. Good point. Because yeah, you're right. Because if that was in Mossman, for example, yeah, they're they're like, all, oh. <laughs> I mean, there was a guy doing poos on the ground and yeah. it became national no. news. <laughs> no, it's Hookman Jones. What's <laughs> <Huckman.
1: laughs> <laughs> that? Hookman Beesman. Huckman Debrief. <laughs>
0: So, okay, so later on that evening, Helen and her friend... Like at
1: Hookman Jones.
0: <laughs> Watch out, Hookman Jones. Oh, <laughs> sh- hook-
1: sh- shout out to all our Mozzie listeners.
0: What's up? <laughs> Don't say Hookman Jones in your ensuite five
1: times. <laughs> <laughs> you'll remember... kill
0: your gardener.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember all those house parties we went to at, like, super, super rich people's houses that had two mirrors? One of them was like a... It was described to me by these young, these young women or girls when we were just young boys. Um, as, like, a pimple popping mirror. So, you'd have your big, great big mirror and then your little zoom in mirror that you'd like extend and stretch oh out. Oh, my
0: God. You know. So, maybe
1: summon Hookman Jones in the pimple popping mirror and you summon Candyman in the big mirror.
0: So, the thing I remember about going. Well, yeah, exactly. Which mirror does he come out of? Yeah. The thing I remember about going to rich houses was the amount of bidets I saw. And at the time, I remember thinking, why would anyone use a bidet? Now that we're in a, you know, a weird. I've never, I've never used one. It doesn't make me happy. Oh, it's the. So, go to Japan Ugh. and it's, it's part of every toilet there and it's the best no it feels amazing so it just doesn't make me happy conceptually (laughs) yes it's a barrier to cross it's like Fussy Eater right like it's a barrier to cross but once you cross it you will never go back I dream of the (laughs) days every Australian toilet should be one of immediately next door like should be a Japanese electronic toilet and they're not crazy expensive you can go onto like Kogan or whatever (laughs) or eBay and find or even like you know Alibaba and find a really cheap version that you could get sent to you and install in your house and you have an electronic bidet oh, in your house.
1: Oh, it and doesn't make me happy.
0: Well, but, like, you like... You, we both like the environment on this podcast. Yes. It means you do use less toilet paper, a lot less.
1: Oh, I have nothing to say against that. It's just not... Uh, yeah, maybe I've got to get there.
0: It doesn't have to be super harsh, and it's just like a little massage for your butthole.
1: Oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm with each other. I don't like bidets. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay, all
0: right. So... <laughs> So later on, Helen and her friend Bernadette Walsh are skeptical about the Candyman's existence, and decide to call Candyman's name into the mirror of Helen's bathroom. Only Helen repeats the name five times but nothing happens. See like you just did. Yes. Helen learned from Professor Philip Purcell that the Candyman was the son of a slave who became prosperous after developing a system for mass producing the shoes during the Civil War. At an early age, he was accepted into white society and became a well-known artist and was sought after for the portraits of the wealthy landowners and their offspring. After falling in love and fathering a child with a white woman that he was hired to paint in 1890, the Candyman was set upon by a lynch mob that was hired by his lover's father. Okay, so... This it, is this is sick. This yeah, is really cool. Yeah, and I'm glad that Wikipedia doesn't sk- skimp on the nuance yeah, of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They began by cutting his right hand off. He was smeared with the honey that was stolen from an apiary, attracting the hungry bees which stung him to death. His corpse was burned in a pyre and his ashes were scattered across the area where Cabrini Green stood, which was a shanty dam for the
1: Swedish and
0: Irish immigrants. Man, a lot just happened.
1: Yeah, but I'm into it. This is cool.
0: All right, So Helen decides to write a thesis on how the residents of Cabrini Green use the Candyman legend to cope with the hardships of living there. See, this is what your Snoop thesis could have been.
1: <laughs> if you did it just. A I bit ended more up writing you. about Cypress Hill and being like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Cypress Hill. Oh yeah. Okay. It was 2002. It yeah. felt. It felt like there was the tiniest chance <laughs> that they might be relevant again.
0: So. You know how it's everyone you know how everyone sells out these days? Yep. Cypress Hill to me are the sort of act that would have sold out immediately. Uh, yeah, like be okay. mo- <laughs> yeah, cool.
1: Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> we we do really, not care yeah, about yeah. anything. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what, what is it peanut butter? Yeah man, we <laughs> love peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so she and Bernadette enter the housing project to visit the scene of Ruthie Jean's murder. There they meet residents Anne Marie McCoy and her baby Anthony and a young boy named Jake who tells Helen the disturbing story of a child who was castrated in a public restroom by the Candyman. I uh, don't uh, oh, know, that's awful. That's, that's very upsetting. While Helen explores the rundown restroom, she is attacked by a gang leader who carries a hook and assumes the Candyman's moniker in order to enhance his street cred. Yeah, okay, so. that's
1: actually quite sick. That's but, cool.
0: But also Wikipedia being super white, they have street cred in, in, inverted in inverted commas and a link to it to find out what street cred means. <laughs> Helen survives the assault and is able to identify her attacker to the police who believe him to be responsible for the killings that are being attributed to the Candyman which again is going to be a comment because they're going to go after him because he's a gang leader yeah yeah he'll be
1: wearing a hoodie in the Jordan Peele film
0: so Helen is confronted by the real Candyman in a parking garage and he explains that since Helen discredited his legend he must shed innocent blood to perpetuate belief in himself and continue his existence what he's like hey Helen guess what let me help you
1: out with your face. <laughs> Here's the scoop.
0: I kind of like this, that he's not like, cool, you've said, like, I kind of like that it's not like, you're the white saviour, you're going to, like, help solve my problem so I never have to be Candyman again. I kind of like that he's like.
1: You've ruined it.
0: Well, it's like, no, like, this is my existence now, and I the legend needs to stay on. Yes, so, Helen blacks out during the encounter and wakes up in Anne-Marie's apartment covered in blood. Anne-Marie, whose dog has been decapitated and Anthony taken, attacks Helen. In the midst of defending herself, Helen is arrested by the police. Trevor... Sorry, this is classic Wikipedia where we're getting a million characters. Trevor, Helen's husband and a professor, bails her out of jail, but the Candyman... A lot of
1: male professors and female junior students in this film, but anyway, I guess it's 1992.
0: Candyman appears to Helen again and cuts her neck, causing her to bleed to the point of unconsciousness. Bernadette appears at the apartment and is murdered by Candyman who frames Helen for the crime Helen is sedated and placed in I a thought his point was he was trying to spread his legend why is he framing other people? well no so Bernadette appears at the apartment and is murdered by Candyman who he
1: frames f- Helen for his crime why does he do that?
0: yeah that's weird yeah and then Helen is sedated and placed in a psychiatric
1: hospital ok cuckoo house yep. horror, horror film style yep
0: after a month's stay at the hospital, Helen is interviewed by a psychiatrist in preparation for her upcoming trial. Now, I can't remember this film because I saw it years ago, but I'm sure it's like a so tell me about this dumb yeah, thing that uh, like yeah. can. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm checking my watch. Uh,
1: basically it's terminated 2.
0: <laughs> yeah, as all good psychiatrists yeah. do, she attempts to prove her innocence. By summoning the Candyman, Candyman kills the psychiatrist <laughs> and allows Helen to escape. This is pretty cool. Yeah. She returns. Oh and allows Helen to escape. Yeah, so I don't know his yeah, motives God. right now. I think, you know what? I think he's making it up as he goes. I don't think he has a, like, a lot of game plan.
1: We're back to the theme of gaslighting though that we come back to in these horror films. Yeah. Believe women.
0: Yeah. She returns home and briefly confronts Trevor, who is now living with Stacy, one of his female undergraduate students. Oh, for fuck's sake. So this is like a month later. This Jesus, Trevor. Fuck. Helen flees to Cabrini Green to confront the Candyman and locate Anthony, finding murals depicting the Candyman's lynching. Helen tracks the Candyman down. He tells her to surrender to him to ensure the baby's safety. No. Offering Helen immortality, the Candyman opens his coat to reveal a ribcage wreathed in bees. That's pretty cool. That's cool. The bees begin to pour out of his mouth, and he kisses her, sending the bees down her throat. After the Candyman vanishes with Anthony, Helen finds a mural of the Candyman alongside his lover Carolyn Sullivan, who bore oh, a striking sick. resemblance to Helen. This and a message left by the Candyman <laughs> implies that Helen is a reincarnation of Sullivan.
1: I mean... That's fun. Like, I'm having fun. I think that's fun.
0: The Candyman promises to release Anthony if Helen helps to incite fear among Cabrini-Green's residents. However, in order to feed his own legend, the Candyman reemerges and attempts to immolate them in a bonfire when it is lit by the residents. Helen manages to save Anthony while the Candyman is destroyed in the fire, but Helen ultimately succumbs to her severe burns and dies from her injuries. The residents, including Anne-Marie and Jake, pay their respects at her funeral with Jake tossing the Candyman's hook into her grave. I don't know how that pays her respect. It is the thing that (laughs) killed everyone. Afterward, Trevor, in grief and guilt over Helen's death, faces his bathroom mirror in mourning and says Helen's name five times.
1: Yes, great ending.
0: As a result, Helen's vengeful spirit is summoned and kills Trevor with the Candyman's hook, leaving his body to be found by Stacy. As the credits begin to roll, in the Candyman's former lair, a new mural of Helen with her hair ablaze was seen,
1: showing that she entered local folklore. That's really fun. That's real cool. I would watch that. Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can, and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?